What's up, everyone? It is 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. Today, we are joined by Freedom Love from Blue Dream Radio, the People's Podcast, to discuss diversity inclusion in the cannabis space. So let's get right into it. Happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Sunday. Sunday. Happy Sunday. Thank you for joining us, Freedom. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here talking yeah. to you guys and coming from Connecticut. <laughs> I'm from Connecticut. It's a coast to coast show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Damn right. And how are you doing, Miggy, on your Sunday? Feeling good. It's a good day to have take day off. And uh, <laughs> Freedom, you, you have a podcast. Can you tell us about Blue Dream? Uh, so Blue Dream Radio is the People's Cannabis Podcast. And what we do, we bring um, the cannabis industry to communities of color that, been, that has been harmed by the war on drugs. Uh, and we are trying to bring equity and trying to bring generational wealth um, to those communities by educating them um, and giving them the real of what the cannabis industry is all about and how can they get in it? How can they fight for equity? How can they fight for um, the freedom to be part of the industry that for so long has kept us out of it? Uh, and we are the ones that created this this industry and we're still be, being called the illegal or the black market or all these different things, even though right. without us, it won't be no legal market. It's right. awesome, man. Yeah. And we actually do that a lot in Illinois with our social equity program. It's 51% ownership for the social equity. And how do you give back to the community and how do you make sure it's that generational wealth? And so next round, I want to help people put trust together. So they're applying for the license by this trust and this trust could operate in a certain way where it's vested at the 51% yeah. ownership and control. But think about it. Think about really making it for the community and really making it generational. Because once you have the right mix of employees under Illinois' law, you gain social equity by that. So, like, there's three ways to get it. You know, you were arrested for just the right amount of weed in Illinois, or you live in a disproportionately impacted area, one of the in areas in the, the state that was directly impacted by the war on drugs, or you bankroll that and you have 10 full-time employees, 51%, 51%, a.k.a. six, of which are either one or number two. And so once you could get that mix of employees to that, you would then like have that trust split off and give 30% back to the employees. So now you've shared it with the people that are actually making it and working yeah. with you and creating that, that community. And That's so, a good business though, man. Well, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's great, but I'm, I'm, what I, what I think theory, about, yeah, yeah theory is great. But I, at the end of the day, I just feel that us, we, we have the, the mind savvy. We have the, the revenue, like people of color are the biggest, are the most, are the biggest spenders in the United States. So because we have the money, we have, we don't know that we have the money, but because we do have the money, we need to start organizing ourselves. So we don't have to um, be part of those companies that we can create our own. That's because right. it's great. We want to help out. We want to be part of those. And we want to be an employee. We want to help out. But at the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm tired of, of being the one that's always uh, being part of something. What can I start? Yeah. What can I be? What can you be part of my movement and my company? What can I be that CEO? Yeah. Um, and, and, and we can go into pred um, predatory uh, uh, um, licensing because there's a lot of companies that, oh, yeah. that use that, that use the, the, the people, the people of color that have been arrested, that live in those communities, just to say so they can get the license and then that money does not show back or they don't own anything of the company. They're just a face um, for that yeah. company. And there's a bunch of companies that's doing that right now. Oh, you're right. I, 
and we yeah, need to I've fight. I've seen them. them. They come across my desk, and then I'll yeah. be like, "Hey, that's not the way that I would have approached this shot, bro. Uh, let me tell you what what's wrong with this. I mean, like, if you're going to try to undermine the system and the intentions of the law, how do you really expect to be awarded mm-hmm. a license if the the regulators are doing their job appropriately when scoring these? And so, it's going to be very fascinating to see the awards, of the social equity, and what is what does social equity in Illinois look like? Yeah. We still don't know. But uh, your uh, freedom, you're coming at us from out of Connecticut, man. How does social equity in the cannabis industry stand right now in Connecticut? Oh, in Connecticut, there's no social equity out here because there's no legal, there's no recreational cannabis. It's only medical. And out yeah. in Connecticut, it's only four companies that have licenses. There's five licenses in Connecticut and four companies mm. own all five. Yep. So yeah. there's no people of wow. color. People of color are working in the companies. Uh, but yeah. we don't we don't own anything else but just working there. Uh, but that's, that's that's how it is really. over here. But a lot of people are booming with the with the hemp because there's a lot of space here to grow hemp. So there's a lot of um, people of color trying to get into that business because it's, it's easier, easier, easier. Like you know. that's one of the things yeah. that we always talk about on the program. And if you are joining us and enjoying it, don't forget to smash that like and hit subscribe because then you'll see. Um, Tomorrow, I'm going to do one on special use permits. I know, right? Good thing we're all sitting down. We're going to talk about <laughs> special <laughs> use permits. It's so sexy. But you know, yeah. we shouldn't forget, too, because uh, Freedom brought up, you know, we were trying to create that generation of wealth and uh, uh, the minority with, with, you know, we're back in our, our dollar. It's like our vote. But amongst all the other things, another reason why this is so important for social equity is the law is based off of targeting us it's, it's based off targeting blacks and minorities and hippies and all, you know now it's everybody it's a lower income so mm-hmm. it's just right. another reason why it's so important that that social equity takes place as we go forward and as you mentioned also too and no medical there is any social equity ever considered it has to be recreational mm-hmm. And it's usually also you have those big licenses types where they're all completely vertically integrated and structured. So we're talking more along the Connecticut's, the Florida's, yeah. the, the Arkansas's, where maybe even the Georgia's, which is terrible because they only have like low THC oil as opposed to like, you know, medical cannabis. But um yeah, you have just a couple of players and they dominate all facets of the industry. And everyone who's out there in the traditional market or the black market or the, the prejudice market, I guess, uh, they are screwed. And so yeah. that might be why they're getting into hemp more, because hemp is so much easier from a regulatory compliance hurdle standpoint than anything that has more than 0.3 percent Delta 9 THC. We yeah. should also like look at why uh, the minority community isn't so prevalent into the medical community because I, I see it as when you're in a medical state, you're still at the beginning of legalization. You're still at the beginning of yeah, we got your freedom. I'll just keep rambling until you get a solid connection. But like you know, but, but the reason why minorities aren't so huge in the medical side is because it takes a lot of balls and money and that also pre generational wealth to support you in case you get fucked over going into this new outlaw program in, say, like Tennessee, right? right. There's not going to be a lot of black people going in, in, in medical in Tennessee. It's going to be all white predominantly because when yep. shit goes down, they're not going to end up with a knee to the back of a neck. Or it's, it's so politically new when it goes into a state medically that usually they have those types of patronage already established with the wealthier, more moneyed class channels that happen to resemble yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, but me, like with a with a Mitt Romney haircut going on, yeah. and, and more of a suit yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I see you wear a suit sometimes on your show. So you, <laughs> I am a lawyer. I have okay. been a stockbroker, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you, know, you basically you just do law. 
like um, law for cannabis law, or That's you do it. all the law? No, 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 no. I know, I know, like a lot of bank law and litigation and, and and contracts and and corporate law and all that type of stuff. But then, yeah, I just try to gravitate and do not get out of the cannabis space. Uh, okay, okay. Just because that's you're supposed to niche and it's a fascinating niche. And, and Miggy and yeah. I have been advocating at this thing for 10 years. And so that now that I can actually do this and earn an income is it's living the dream, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, living the dream. That's all you that's all you could you can think of. That's all well, you that's that's why I, I, I empathize with the plight of the social equity so much. It's like, damn right. Why don't they have their peace? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's always hard when you have people that look like us. Um, I don't know if you saw this new show uh, from Netflix. Is uh, the 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 business of drugs? So it's six episodes mm. about six different drugs, and cannabis yeah. is one of them. And I feel some type of way because even putting cannabis in and within those drugs, because cannabis is not even close to meth. Cannabis is no. not even close to none of those drugs. That I wouldn't say it's that. not even close to a drug. The fact yeah. that we still call this plant a drug. A drug. It's like, guys, look, there's corn. Drugs. Yeah. Yeah. We define corn as drugs. I mean, like, literally, yeah. that's what we did. We just had this plant. And that was the most recent one that I did that was actually kind of blowing up. So I can actually share this stream. And mm. so if you ever want uh, your video on YouTube to pop off, always put Trump and marijuana in the title. And you'll get <laughs> you'll get a couple hundred views on that in 24 hours. Yeah. But I got to tell the story of Dr. W.C. Woodward or uh, mm. yeah, yeah, Dr. Yeah, Woodrow Dr. Will, uh, Woodward. Yeah. And so, like, he was the first medical marijuana lawyer advocate sitting there telling Congress, it's like, nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about. It's not marijuana. We call it cannabis indica. Have you not read the pharmacopoeia? Has anybody read the, the freaking science on this? And then, does anybody remember the LaGuardia Project? <laughs> Uh, that came after. That was like, the, okay, so this was 37. It was like when they were banning the shit. And so they send the AMA's like general counsel down there. And he's like 70 year old white guy explaining to other people in Congress that are clearly trying to ban this for racist purposes that they have no idea what they're talking about. They still did it. <laughs> so I say all of that to say that, you know, that they put out this show um, on Netflix and you have yeah. one of the biggest people, one of um, in the cannabis episode, um, you have one of the biggest figures in the cannabis industry as a person of color, Wanda James. I don't know if you know who she is. Oh, She's yeah, from Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Great, great. So advocate. she came out there. Oh, man. No, man. You got to no? see that because she. Oh, changed. shit. Oh, man. She was talking about she was talking about that. We need to, the, the, the only way that the legal market is going to succeed is that if we take Ray Ray of the streets because oh, Ray Ray don't know. But what he's selling people like the only way that we're going to protect consumers is if they come to my dispensary. And to me, and then she was talking about testing all the tests that they do. And to me, it's like I know people, I know people in the industry that tells me that those tests can be Uh. rigged. That I'm sad. No, sad Freedom, have you heard about our THC percentages in Illinois? No, well, what is that? I haven't, they're routinely over 30 percent. There's yeah, no that's way. right. That's right. <laughs> There's no way. Okay, so we're talking about hey, plant regulation here is, and so, and then what do you do? Just uh, throw some keef on this here, and yep. it's thirty-three percent. But you know, you guys are going to go through the aches and pains in the beginning of like the bullshit 
testing and labs and, and paying off and reputation. It's all going to come down to reputation in the long run. But Freedom brings out a great point about the drug episode as far as throwing cannabis upon one of these. I mean, it's first off, it's an easy low grab when it comes to hits. But why isn't there like a Viagra episode? Or how about <laughs> That's a right. fucking... I'm just saying, like, like you can get a prescription for that one because the yeah. people that are selling it to you are on the approved list. Drugs, man. I'm just saying, yeah. if you're gonna do a fucking episode on drugs, Cialis. Cialis. any of this shit. Uh, uh, what's the thing when people are Botox? I'm just saying, you got all kinds of things that people can focus on. Now, and, yeah, but that's and, absolutely true. I mean, like, watch yeah. the national news tonight on CBS and go to the first commercial. It will guaranteed 100% be a commercial for a drug of some sort. Yeah, some some sort of thing that we intake, anything, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be something that comes with and a 20-page disclaimer about anal leakage. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but how much can cannabis re- just replace of that market cap? Hopefully a lot, because the stuff that's there is a lot safer than the stuff that they're currently advertising on the national yeah. news for. Yeah. No, yeah. You see every day that our kids yeah. be watching every day. Yeah. But what was the we- Horror news story you guys heard about cannabis, like someone took papers, a bunch of seeds, papers, like, but it's always about the additive into the cannabis. So it's like, you know, there was a problem with the, the papers being recalled on the pre-rolls. You did that episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's exactly. not about a, a, a crime, though. It's not about a violent issue. It's always about something within the plan that yeah. they're talking about or something. It like was that. like you hear about that headline in Kroger, like they're recalling frozen fruit or something. You know, that's fine. That's a sign of good regulation. But you know who, uh, Freedom, you got to check this out. Have you heard about how Pennsylvania wants to legalize it? How, how they want to do that? Because I haven't been following them. I've been doing New Jersey a lot. I've been following New Jersey. Oh, but. I, th- I bet New Jersey's going at it way too top down. Pennsylvania's got this micro grow license. So like everybody who's in the black market could basically opt into the new legal market, which I really recommend. I think Illinois and any state that's going to legalize should really have. Should do that floor level micro grower license where it's like 100 plants something like that and then it's requirements you know so it still has to be safe you know 100 plants you don't want anybody getting robbed but um once you get over i mean the build itself might be a couple hundred five hundred thousand dollars at the high end something that is affordable for people mm-hmm. that is the way to like get into the game where then the black market goes away because the black market doesn't want to exist. It wants to not be oppressed. It wants to not yeah. be arrested, you know? So that, that's and that's the thing. It's like, how are you going to get rid of the black market? And that was like the, the whole episode was about getting rid of the black market. And it was police officers going after people. So my people are still going to get arrested, even if it's legal, because now that it's legal, you're still going to have people selling it no matter what on the streets. Yeah. So you're going to arrest those people and put them in the same position they were before. So I just don't no. understand how can you have a, a legal industry that's not taking care of the of the listed market of the of the legacy market. That's um, absolutely true. We need then, to we need to take care. Yeah, of it. And so if we could have a micro cultivation license for like a hundred plants, there should also be yeah. like a, a peddler's license of some threshold where you have to hit something. I mean, you just can't. Yeah. But it, has to be, it has to be secured though. Like you just can't have people opening pizzerias in their kitchens. Like, <laughs> That's that's the other thing. Like we can't make it. Like we have to have some regulations. I'm all well, why for not? making it open. I'm all for making it open. But how yeah. do we do it in such a way that we can still do it safely? That's the most important conversation. Like I mean, I, I don't mind the regulations. What I mind 
is that you putting you hindering people from not getting into the business because you making it so expensive for them to get into the business. You making it yeah. so difficult that when you legalize, you don't have homegrown. I want to have the the choice to see if I want to grow it or not. Not I, I'm not gonna say a hundred percent of the of the consumers want to buy, and because you know some people want to grow, some people want to sell. But I just know that the majority of people in our communities do not want to grow. They want to buy it. They want to go and get it. They don't want to deal with the growing. They don't want to deal with the hassle of selling it. They don't want to deal with all of that. So what they want to do, if you give the choice to the people to say, either I can grow it myself or I can go and buy it, then they make a choice. So it's just making choices for people that giving choices to people so they can um, succeed in the industry because not everybody want to be a grower, but give them a chance. Because I'm not, I'm not against regulations because people, yeah. need, it needs to be regulated. It needs to be, have some type of, um, of, of testing. Quality checks. Yeah. Quality checks. All of that. I'm done with all of that, but at least think, give the people a chance yeah. to be able to, to succeed. I think right. just the, 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 the thing that we, we, we don't ask is what is regulation? That's a problem. Yeah. A lot of people promote regulation. They want to have and regulation apparently has some vault taxes or whatever. Right. Like here's the thing. I'm not worried about. Someone jumping my fence for a tomato plant that I have out there. I'm worried about someone jumping my fence for the weed plant, stealing it because, because it could it's be worth four thousand a pound. You know, if you take it to fucking BFE, it's only worth like yeah. four hundred out here. I mean, like oh. if, if you're lucky, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, if we regulate, when we say regulation, we should be referring to just the checks of the plant itself, not so much like the checks of growing it but the checks of after like a lab the lab that tests everything pesticides quality quantities of cbd cbgs all that crap that is your regulation the testing itself that the testers are the are the regulated part not the goddamn it's also going to be the tracking of the bunnies so that the government can wet its beak let's be honest well you're right for public safety the testing for the purity is super important no i mean and i'm done with that because i know people that have piss on their weed to make it stronger (laughs) but that's people that people do that people do that all the time so people need we need to have those regulations on this weed my piss (laughs) clean but you know when when they test when they do those tests it won't be testing for pee pee They'll be testing no, they for metals. They'll be testing for uh, 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 Eagle Nine. You know, like things with technical you know, names. Just, just thinking about smoking uh, shit that had piss on it uh, is pissing me off. And so, like, let's talk about though. I think we need criminal reform in the sense that we shouldn't be looking at the possession and the cultivation as crimes. Yes, we should be looking at possession and the cultivation as tax evasion. It's like, whoa, I'm sorry. Let me see your permit. You pay are your papers in order? That, your papers are not in order, huh? Yes. Well, yeah. we're going to have to write you a fine, and there will be a penalty. And if you can't pay it, then, of course, like anybody who doesn't pay their taxes, you might have to do some time. And and I'm down with that because if the tax yeah. – and, and then we can talk about taxes. If the taxes that they collect from the from the industry is going to the communities that are most harmed by, by, by the war on drugs because not – Let's say 1% of black people make it in the industry. What happened to the other 99% that live in the projects, that don't have the business, that don't have the money? So how can you take the taxes now that you're collecting from me and invest yeah. it in the communities that most need it? Because I don't want you to take my taxes so you can go and spend it on military uh, um, mercenary wars and all this different stuff that they do overseas. I don't want you to go and kill Palestinians with the taxes that I pay. I want you to go yeah. and, and do the right thing 
um, with the taxes that I'm that I'm paying for for having legal cannabis. Hey, you know yo, what I'm freedom! Have you seen how uh, Illinois is taking the cannabis tax dollar and what they're doing with it? Um, I heard some of it, but can you explain it to yeah, me? Yeah, because that's really a really important part. Like first, when you're yeah. doing cannabis reform, remember this is yeah. not a crime. And so it is tax evasion and quit thinking about it like that. But then second, make sure that you break up that tax dollar to do the most repair. And so like mm -hmm. Illinois has like, you know, has it stratified. So like some of that stuff in the Illinois dollar is going directly to the uh, disproportionately impacted areas. And this R3 program, yes. whose deadline just passed this last uh last week uh, th i think it's 31 million in total uh dollars for grants that are going to specifically start addressing these harms and repair those communities and right mm -hmm. now they're in the scoring phase and so illinois is even asking for people to come and help them uh score these applications with the department of criminal justice and so that they are turning the the tax dollar into a study plus also in a, like an allocation of effectiveness. They don't just let it all go to the general fund. Granted, some of it goes to the general fund, and then they allow the municipality itself to add a little bit more tax, but they also get the sales tax. So they get like a sales tax plus cream on top of it credit. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, these suckers are going to be helpful for communities all throughout the country, especially after this COVID crisis has put such a crunch on their budgets. Yeah. Yeah. And, not, and, and the cannabis industry is uh, is a uh, essential business, so you know. That's right. Keep, we cannot go back. We cannot. Oh, no. go back. Can you imagine how many more murders there would have been if people weren't adequately medicated? <laughs> My goodness! If this would have happened in the seventies, there would be like bombed out cities. Same things. Same thinking. How many more murders if we haven't had legalization recreational wise in? 11 states in the state's cat our country's capital i mean that is that's the crime that's the and fucking prohibition is yeah. i re i remember being scared shitless going to get illegal weed but you know what god damn it, it's just a fucking plant and that's why i went to go get it i mean that's you know i, I for the most part i've had a lucky life uh, but there's a lot of people who haven't or kids with the cops who've gotten killed because of a fucking pot deal Ugh. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. and and every time they stop you the police stop you and they want to mess with you they say i smell weed in the car that's the first yeah. thing they said. Oh, I smell because weed in the car. Yeah. As opposed to like, hey, that, that weed's tax has been paid for, officer, and it is yeah, <laughs> away from me. I have put it in the glove box. It is stinky as shit, but it's in the glove box. You know, <laughs> well, and then the conversation so, goes to what you're doing wrong. Because that's right. Before that, it's more like I smell a crime, but now it's more like, hey, dumbass, you were swerving. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe I am a dumbass. I should not do that. You know, <laughs> I, this is where we fuck up. This is where we don't yeah. have our. Our, our justice in America, the whole make America great again has never been because there's this existing. This is why black lives matter. This is why all this shit's been fucking boiling. COVID didn't, is not the disease. America has been a disease. COVID is just showing everybody what the fuck's going on. That's what's going on. Yeah. You know? Shit. And, and, keep, and keeping people at bay and showing people that, you know, that we can create different ways to, to support each other. Because like I said, like I was telling you before, Miguel, um, when I was uh, right now, I'm doing uh, I'm the executive director of a nonprofit that work with young people that we mm -hmm. do mutual aid. We do food justice and environmental justice. Um, so one of the things that we're doing is um, uh, solidarity fridges. So we put our yeah. fridges in front of our, our building. We fill it up and the committee can go and get free food as many times that they want. Uh, so the pandemic has shown us that we can do things like that, that we can help each other in, in other ways that uh, yes. we, we before we, we didn't think about it. 
Because some people have extra. It's like with the uh, in legal states and in these states where uh, they're saying no gifting or you can't you're you're illegal. You can only have so much as as amount. Like people should be allowed to give this shit away, and that's what happened here yeah. in Washington. In, in the early medical days, there was so much weed. When people talk about prices and quality <laughs> and quantity, I'm telling you guys, twenty five dollar quarters. Well, Tom, twenty five dollars. If Quality. everybody had homegrown, come on, Quality. if you were able to like pull down a couple of pounds a year, there would just be all this weed everywhere. And you'd still no pesticide because you're like, I'm bored with my weed. Yes, no, and you and you still and, and you and the industry would still thrive, yes. even if people have that. Budweiser's still in fucking business because people have fucking beer at home. I mean, I, we're lazy. <laughs> McDonald's <laughs> is still in business because I can go get a cheeseburger right now. I can leave right it. now. Right now. Did you know that I could make a cheeseburger? But then yeah, I have to go freaking yeah. Think about oh my gosh. I have this, to make this, it. I have to clean up. Turn off the grill. Clean it uh, up. <laughs> it's a whole process. When you barbecue, and it's a whole process. You got to start. It is. That is totally the thing that they always raise. That we can't allow them to grow it at home. Wait, why? why not? Yeah, because then people might try to jack you for your shit. People could jack me for my shit right now. I'd be like. Hey, he's got that nice shit in there. All right, let's jack him. Oh my gosh, we also found weed. This is even nicer than I thought. You know, they it's could just, still do that. It's yeah. it's illegal. Why it's is so, it? No. It's so fear mongering. Yeah. You know, fear mongering should be a crime. Growing should be a crime. Growing, Growing should not be a crime. It should be like I should throw seeds everywhere and hope that all my neighbors have weed plants in their front yard. I like, bought tomatoes, like, like you were saying before. Like oh, I bought tomatoes. That's not illegal. Like why should growing be illegal? Well, I think we need to make sure that we can ease into this hot bath of an issue for most people that have no idea what weed is and have yeah. never heard of an anandamide and have no idea why or how cannabis works. Uh, and so we need to start with like, you know, Illinois kind of did with Washington State did. And I have no idea how it is in Connecticut. But when they went legalized, they allowed medical home grow. So I can grow and I do grow. But then uh, I can't grow very much. I have grow limits. I can't grow outside. Um, you have to oh, grow okay. within the compliance of the law. Like if I had more property, I could have a, a greenhouse on my property that's you know not visible from the street and, and enclosed, locked, all that stuff, which which would be great, you know. Um, but it's not every adult; it's just the medical patients. And then how 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 hard is that to to then get that medical card? And then don't you have some more regulatory control because you don't want the supply diverting? You see, that's what it is. And well, so if you, you, people think that. But I think you should still register to be a grower. But like, what if it was oh, yeah. just registered to be a grower and then you see the supply and it's like, hey, Phil, we noticed you haven't been paying your taxes. Yeah, but not everybody's going to grow. That's the thing is I'm trying to get. That's, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, nobody's yeah. gonna, not everybody's going to grow. Or maybe maybe like 10% of the population might grow. Yeah, but maybe. the rest of us are not going to grow. Well, let's <laughs> let's let's ask the audience a question because that's always fun. Uh, what percentage of people grows tomatoes? <laughs> Or would you grow if you could? Because, you know, here's the thing. If you're not a consumer of the plant, you're not going to all of a sudden be like, you know what? Today I'm going to go read. I'm going to grow. Yeah. Today's, today's the weed day. Like, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> it's a process. Like, it's a process to grow weed. You have to go through a whole process. Good weed. It's hard. Period. You can it, grow shitty it's weed. A process. Anybody can grow. Yes. Anybody <laughs> can grow bad weed, though. Anybody can grow horrible <laughs> anything yes cbd anybody can grow cbd yeah. any well if, if you register yes but in, in answer to the question what percentage of the people actually grow tomatoes we really got nothing much uh it says about uh, 20 million households grew an herb garden 
17 million try to grow fruits. Yeah, so 41 million try to grow vegetables. So about 38% of people are going to try to grow vegetables. Basically, the cannabis company is not for them. The cannabis company is for the 70-ish percent of people that are never going to try. Yeah. And then think about how many people grow a garden and then they're like, ah, I can't be bothered this year. You know, last year I had nothing to do. Now it's just four yes. kids and you know, three ex-wives. I got a new job. <laughs> yeah, I got a new job. Yeah. yeah. Or like I just missed the weeding season. I don't want to go through that shit right now. Yeah. I mean, like right now I got three foot tall weeds. And I'm like, inside that bitch is a cucumber. <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the misconception that you are a good farmer. And so yeah. everybody likes to, everybody's a, a good driver, right? Everybody's awesome at driving. You're all, we're all above average intelligence. We got it. We know what we're doing. And so um, uh, that's just personal bias. And we would have that for our garden skills as well. And then we would try to grow and be like, man, I fuck this uh, up. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I spent like five months screwing this up. Come on. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, I spent, and I spent, spent $50,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think this all can kind of go back to like the defund the police conversation because it's not like yeah, if you lower some fucking prices, crime's going to reduce or increase. You either live in a fucked up area or don't. Like either your neighborhoods yeah. on a well, watch. They, they've that's that's actually some interesting science that I have read about that that's it does say uh, crime and uh, poverty correlate very very well. And so it's a, a I mean, Jean Valjean thing. We had stealing a loaf of bread. You know, it's like why. Because he's fucking poor. And so, like, he's hungry. Need he needs to feed his family. You have a need crime. And so, like, yeah, if survival. you can't figure out, a, I mean, the, the, one of our core, you know, policing strategies should be how do we figure out to get most people making about forty to $50,000 a year, like forty five dollars to $55,000 a year now in 2020 money, so they, they can actually pay their bills, and then they don't need to be put in that position where something might go wrong. Like, like right now, um, they, they're not going to cancel rent. A lot of people are going to be homeless. So what those people are going to do? They're going to commit crimes. They're going to do whatever they have to do to survive. And a human being, when they need to survive, they're going to do whatever it takes. That's that's so, the point of being alive. You just yeah. survival. Yeah. You know, on that crime note, though, I mean, and the reason why marijuana is such a low hanging fruit for crime, which hurts America overall, is because now you're impeding citizens. You're impeding our progress. Because the funding, the money that we exchange is going to go to other Americans to help the nation itself be more. You know, it's not that well, we're putting ourselves, we're, we're pretty much putting ourselves in jail, right? Like Tom and I, even though we're at the point that Tom and I can have, do this and have this conversation, it's still risky. I still have a chance of losing my job, my, my livelihood. And then, and then when that happens, I will go to crime. And the first crime I go to is going to be selling weed. No, I will man, make it, don't worry about it. Let's get you a cannabis license in Washington. I'm just state. saying, I will tell like that Tennessee with fucking. Let, let me explain to you how to get hey, a cannabis man. license in Washington State, or like under understand how you get a cannabis license in another state, and and then maybe we could just put you on the sales desk and sign sign up people. Oh crap, I lost something. And like and like one of the one of the questions that you that you guys sent me was how how the difference between Dominican Republic versus U.S. laws like mm. with cannabis, um, the U.S. In the 1990s, they uh, they deported a bunch of Dominicans. You know, there was about uh, by 1997, there was about 800,000 Dominicans living in New York State, mostly in New York City, mostly in Washington Heights. That's where all the that's where all the underground cannabis has been sold in in in, in um, New York City. Uh, so a lot of a lot of Dominicans got arrested and deported back 
to the Dominican Republic. I have a question. So people that don't know, like the Dominican Republic, go over there with this mentality, yeah. and you think that um, the country, Dominican Republic, is gonna get better when you all when you when they deported almost fifty thousand people from here that committed crimes that did all these different things. Do you think Dominican Republic is gonna be a good nation after you deport all these people instead of dealing with them here and not deporting them back to their country? Is that a crime though? This shouldn't even be a deportation issue. Like, like, and, and a lot of them got deported because of weed, because of minor yeah. possessions of weed, and a lot of weed, them shouldn't, have, shouldn't be deported because of that. They caught a few high, high uh, crime fishes that they that they uh, um, deem high crimes, but most of the people they deported was hardworking people that got caught cut up with a little bit of weed because they need to medicate themselves after yeah. work, hey, and they deported them back over there. Are you familiar with cannabis culture in the Dominican Republic? Um, a little bit. I mean, in Dominican Republic, you cannot, you cannot. It's illegal. It's, it's. You cannot have it. You cannot have possession of it because if they catch you with it, you go into jail. It's, it's. No shit. It's they're, they're you go. You. It's, you go in a time. You're doing time. If you have like learning one, if you have two grams, you go to jail for six wow. months. If you got more than that, it's fifteen years to twenty. Wow. Here's the thing, though. The Dominican Republic and all these other countries, they're learning from the original slave masters. You know, that's yeah. what America's done. You know, I'm like, they're like, oh, we're not going to change our laws because look at these low labor guys we got or look at these assets. Just like with Sean Worsley, who in Alabama, the guy that he's a veteran. He was driving through Alabama um, with his wife. Now he actually got extradited for like a couple grams for personal possession. Enough weed, not like pounds. It's not like not like. <laughs> I mean, Capone that's or fucking, you know, it's just sad. And and and, and the, that's what the Dominican Republic. You would think like all the the the, the uh, Pacific Island countries would be more lenient towards it, right? Because where else would you want to smoke weed but in a sunny fucking, you know, in the where beach? else you want to grow weed that in oh, a place where it's, that it's ninety degrees, seventy degrees every day? That's what I was asking. I was like. We could grow like a motherfucker out there. How's the yeah. scene? You know, like it's, just, it's like, wait, what, what do they grow there? Tobacco. Man, I bet they can grow some bomb ass weed bananas. then too. I mean, <laughs> bananas. Yeah, they should be able to grow some freaking awesome weed. You know what? But you can't. Two grams. That yeah. is no. But, but and then going into that, like if if I want to have a business, a cannabis business, and I'm a, a a resident, I cannot open a cannabis business because that will stop me from being a citizen in the United States. So if you try to become a citizen of the United States, you cannot have a, a cannabis business or work in the cannabis industry or anything remotely in the cannabis industry if, if you want to become a citizen. And then the same if you want to own a firearm legally. If you want to buy a licensed firearms uh, transaction, you cannot be a cannabis user because yeah. you have to check the form. And so I like can't this get no gun. I'm a medical patient. Yeah, I mean, I can't. That's the same same prohibitionary form, and maybe they've actually built it into your state law, but I've, I haven't seen that. It'd be weird if Connecticut did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's all that federal stupid law, and it's been there for eighty three years. Eighty three. Well, I mean, you have to remember the first. It, it's nineteen thirty seven, and so like again, the laws names changed around nineteen seventy. Because uh, Timothy Leary, the, the guy from Harvard that was big into LSD, he was able to get the last one invalidated for a violation of your Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination because you couldn't get the stamp unless you had the marijuana, but you couldn't yeah. get the marijuana unless you had the stamp. 
Same with the um, the form for the firearm. I think it violates the, the Fifth Amendment, the same per- principle. Mm-hmm. You can't exercise your Second Amendment right unless you incriminate yourself against your Fifth Amendment right. You shouldn't be able to have this form. Yeah. But for some reason, the law enforcement community, who's probably big supporters of the NRA, has not really moved on that issue. And the KKK? Um, oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's definitely, I mean, fuck, dude, there's so much behind uh, prohibition, how it's convinced. It, it, it's so, to Tom, it's so funny. Ten years ago, when Tom and I first met, we were, you know, online keyboard warriors, whatever, doing a thing with fake names. And uh, <laughs> Tom's such a great guy that this cop, tried to come at i think it was me in some forum some he probably doesn't remember but this cop was trying to be degrading about like pacific islanders i'm half samoan half mexican right mm. from southern california and this guy was talking about how like you smoke weed and you want to just lay around all day and just be in the sun and i was like why is that a bad thing and then tom was like <laughs> you know he was trying to defend it be like stop being racist i'm like that's okay tom i'm trying to understand why this man is mad at people just want to <laughs> hang out in the sun and smoking weed and smoke like, weed <laughs> I, I mean, black, white, brown, whoever the fuck you are, can't we just all just in the end? You yeah. want you trust me, bro. If you haven't done <laughs> you it, haven't done it, you should. Yeah. I'm just saying, or a margarita, take something you want. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't even have to us. smoke it. Take it edible. Yeah. You don't even have to there do you that. Go. <laughs> yeah, find your happy place and go there. Mine's a beach <laughs> in the sun, man. And there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. Goddamn people vacation there on purpose to spend millions of dollars pre-COVID, right? I mean, say, and it's funny how they, they convinced the Dominican Republic, a place of paradise, you know, the, the islands, because, I mean, uh, how do you convince nation or India, a country where it was religious, that this thing that they've known for thousands of years is bad? And then Tom's right. Yeah. It's money. It was the money. But it was the Pakistan, taxes and the know, money. Pakistan and all these different I'll, places that. And they, I think a lot of them just kind of said. They, Yo, they burn fields they of burned, these, Well, they, they showed them some, and they burned something. They're like, great, okay, bye, thank you for money. <laughs> Put the seeds back in. You know, they, well, we got soldiers protecting yeah. opium fields. I mean, what the fuck? You know, we're protecting opium fields with, with, with grown men's lives. At the same time, we're putting grown people in jail for the same something – you know, it's just trying to feed their family. Some, something yeah. like people that they put in jail. It's just, they're trying to feed their family. They're trying to make some money so they can, exactly. so they can survive like everybody else. So they're doing a job, and that's the thing that when people talk about the the legacy market, is that we've been we've been the, the we've been marketing weed, we've been yeah. uh, 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 cutting the weed and and selling in the weed. We've been uh, 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 creating juices because I know somebody that I know closely. Her her ex boyfriend. Um, went to jail for 10 years because he was selling, um, you know, uh, 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 drinks made with weed. And he went to jail for that. And now he could have been making millions of dollars with his with his um, with his business. And that's what he was doing, um, doing a business. So he went to jail for that. So we've been doing all everything that people can think of. We've been doing it. So why is it something new? Why is it something cool now? And why do they want to take us away? Why do they want to put us? Why do they want to take the legacy market away instead of working within the legacy market? Because we still make more money than the um, than the leg- than the um, legal market. There's still more money in the um, legacy market than the legal market. So well, that's because know. of jail. Just to answer that question, arrogance, pride, uh, probably probably a little bit of both. Um, arrogance and pride are, are a large portion of the pie chart of that answer and then after that they just greed uh, is another piece of that puzzle uh, and then I, they just don't think they need you 
And so that could get back into arrogance or pride. And, and then they also have this dismissive kind of attitude toward the black market, the traditional market, legacy market, you know, the people that have been uh, supplying the cannabis for decades. Uh, <clears throat> it'll just magically go away. Yeah. yeah. If we like put COVID. them all to jail. <laughs> like COVID. If we just keep arresting them, because then some yeah. people are like, can we can we still keep arresting them? Because we can we legalize it, but keep arresting them, which makes no sense. It's it's just a, a perturbed kind of concept of legalization. And then were we doing this in the past? So if we would have had this conversation because they had podcasts like at the turn of the Civil War, we'd be like, and now you're all free. OK, well, do we think that they're going to accept that or are they going <laughs> to create decades of 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 concepts uh, yeah. the enslavement. No, I think we're gonna be fine. Yeah. In this episode of fucking America. Right. Yeah. America right. We freed the yeah. slaves, but we enslaved them again. Through <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god. Like, free the slaves, right or wrong. You can make a call. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I mean that was, it was on today's show. It was like, so these paramilitary troops are sending into Portland. Please, they are not. They are just unmarked federal officials that are protecting property. And you're like, so these unmarked paramilitary troops, they just went in. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. Yeah, Nothing crazy. changes. Yeah. Uh, Power crazy. is the biggest influence. But, you know, that's where cannabis comes into play. Because it could be the great equalizer in America. It could be the great... Black, white, brown, just have a seed, have a chance, and uh, make your money and feed your family uh, and don't go to jail, right? Nobody wants and to play the go to jail card. No, yeah, that's right. No go to jail card, pay the taxes card, and change the industry so we're not yeah. dependent upon all these things that are clearly choking out. I mean, that was the only thing with COVID where everybody goes inside, so we stop using fossil fuels, and the, the world was just like clean. Like, yeah, wow. China, China clears yeah. up. The sky cleared up like yeah. like 5% or 10% in China. The sky right. cleared up after COVID. We oh. need to put them on the solar plan or something because that was nice. I enjoyed the, the clean air, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. For sure. For cannabis sure. can help with and a lot of that. A lot let's of not that. forget, cannabis has been proven to help fight COVID in some parts. I'm just saying. Yeah, like CBD, story. CBD. Well, yeah. the whole um, building the immune system um, yeah. type shit, uh, stuff that you have to Google because we can't mention because it'll like demonetize or whatever <laughs> they do to us here. They uh, may. They may. Video, videos get taken down, bro, when you mention the wrong shit. And then and they yeah, just, yeah, yeah. it's not a fight worth fighting, really, you know, <laughs> but legalization is. That's why, you know, this is the primary point of this conversation is, you know, why it's fucked up and why uh, uh, the, the, the Black Lives Matter question, the the racial, the social equity thing, it's all important to keep doing. Like, I mean, that's why I've known this guy over here for a long time. And fucking, <laughs> you know, it's good to have you come hang out. Thank and, you and, for, for and having me. Shit, man. Yeah, man. And yeah. so let's let's talk about some recommendations on that because I think it's a message of inclusion. And yeah. then we've had so much divisiveness, especially. I think the, the divisiveness just got out of hand with the guy in the White House. But so when you're out there yeah. at these events, because before COVID, cannabis was like a traveling cavalcade circus to a certain extent. I mean, there were yeah. trade shows and you'd book spaces and, and shake hands and stuff. So when you're at those, have you ever asked like, how are you helping to include people of color who are harmed by the war on drugs into this industry? Do you ask people that? And if so, what are some of the best answers to that question? Uh, one of the craziest answers that I had was this lady that said, why would we want to bring the conversation to the projects when our, um, the people 
I went to she she gave a she gave a story that she was she's a dancer and she came out of the Apollo after dancing and some black guy was telling her why she's smoking weed and all these different things. And then she goes, well, this is why we shouldn't um, bring it to the to our community, because our community don't understand cannabis. After I make it to the to in the industry, then I bring my community in. I was like, are you bugging? This is the reason why we need to educate our yeah. people. This is the reason why. Uh, we need to demystify it because our this older man should you should have that conversation with him instead of ignoring him or 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 um thinking that he's crazy you should have had a conversation and educate him because that's all the people that we need to go after that's a that's the guy that you need to educate not somebody in 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 um, williamsburg brooklyn where that area is mostly white like you, why, why are you educating people out here you got to educate people over there so that's one of the yeah. crazy answers that I got from one of my own people. But mostly when I ask that question, people um, show like they tell me the things that they are doing, the things that they are trying to do, um, which is cool, which is nice. But at the end of the day, like me, I have a nonprofit. That's not like BLM. BLM get all the money. Yeah. You know, that's cool. They should. But if you want to like all these companies that want to um, cannabis companies that, that donate to BLM, why you don't go to the communities and say, what is the organization that in your community doing the work in your community that I can donate the money? Yeah, Not yeah, BLM. BLM is a national organization. Like you need to go into the communities that you're trying to serve or you trying that you want consumers and you want employees from and go in there and tell them, show me where I can go and spend my money. That's not, you know, BLM. BLM is cool, but they're getting a lot of money already. But how can I go into those communities and actually put money there? So that's that's yeah, that's yeah. how I see that question, and that's how I see people when they ask you that question. I, that's what I want. That's the answer that I want to hear. Freedom, you know, you just made me think. BLM is more like a franchise uh, uh, civil rights type movement, right? It's yeah. more like. Uh, 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 I mean, I say Black Lives Matter just because it pisses a lot of people off, and it is. It's a conversation you need to have, and need to say, and need to just repeat. Like whoever created that meme, that hashtag, whatever fuck you did, good three job. Three women. Three women. Three women. Okay, and, and again, you know, I take little, their little bit of gold, but the rest of their fucking gold, I'm cool with. You keep it, you do your thing, boo boo. I'm, I'm just trying to live on my life, and the cannabis conversation is the thing that can help everybody in their forward thing, right? Like you doing it is proof, and, yeah. and it's gonna, and it's gonna be when you get a piece of it, when everybody gets a piece of it, it's, it's, it's gonna be true social equity, man. It's nice to see what uh, Illinois is doing now. You guys definitely should follow them, bro. Yeah, for sure. I'm yeah. definitely going to do that. Yeah, to speak directly to your point, like there's that pot of money that they made as a part of the law. And so all those those uh, programs that are going to be in those communities have applied for these grants. And so then once they got their 501c3 status and everything like that, it's great to make sure you have that grant money that's coming from the state. But you're a charity. Like if you're a nonprofit, start raising money and doing your mission. And a lot of those missions were really, really good. One of them was called... Um, what was it? Rap sheets to resumes. And it's trying to reprocess the people that had gotten dinged by the system wrongly because we were regulating cannabis inappropriately. They're now going to be able to be helped through. Um, well, that's not necessarily an incubator, but it kind of is. It's like, you know, a personal incubator for somebody's employability. Uh, and these types of programs are going to be springing up. And that's going to be fascinating to yeah, see. I mean, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the CT coordinator for Sponge, National Spongeman Week. I don't, awesome. know if you guys, I don't, I don't yeah. know if you guys heard of them. Um, yeah. So I'm here in Connecticut um, doing the expungement um, work for them. 
out here. So another organization that people should be looking out for is National Expungement Week because it's beyond cannabis expungement. We want to expunge all misdemeanors that are stopping people from getting a good job, from stopping people from living their full life because they had a record. So we want to make sure that we, you know, that we take all the records away. So look out for them, National Expungement Week. Um, we're doing a lot of work and. Um, New York City, we're going to have a few events coming up in September out here in Connecticut as well. So look out for that. Awesome. Yeah. And then if you want to find me, you can find me. And, oh, is it done? Yeah. Oh, well, I was just about to ask. And thank yeah. you for coming on. Where can we go to find and follow what you guys got going on at Blue Dream Radio? You can go to Instagram, uh, uh, Blue Dream Radio. You can go to our website, bluedreamradio.com, um, and Twitter. The same thing, Twitter, Facebook, um, Blue Dream Radio. Um, and then if you want to look out for National Expungement Week, that's the name of the website. Look out for them and Expungement yeah. Week on, on Instagram. Um, so we're doing a lot of work together, Blue Dream Radio and Expungement Week. So look out for that. Nice. Awesome. Definitely. We will throw those links in the description. Thanks again for coming on. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in for another episode Thank of you. Cancer News. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.